right. Welcome. Welcome back to another The Aquarium Insider Podcast with your host. My name is Dan Connor. So stoked, stoked to be here. Stoked to have you coming back for another episode. This one's going to be a little different. Um, I'm going to be doing, I, I mean, I guess it won't be too different. This has mostly been a lot of beginner topics and stuff, and I, I want to stick with that trend. And a big one, a big topic we get talked uh, asked about a lot here at the store is what filter do I need for my tank? What's good filtration look like? You know, what do I do? Are my tanks getting brown? What am I doing wrong? That sort of thing. And that's a, you know, it's a pretty compound question. A lot of things can be happening. A lot of different interactions in your aquarium can be going on. So what do we, what do we do? What kind of filters do we use? So to kind of just jump right in there to give you a pretty blunt answer, when you're looking at filtration for your aquarium, we need to break down the types of filtration I think is required in your aquarium. And I think there's a bare minimum required. And the bare minimum is you need a good mechanical filter and a good biological filter. And so here's what I mean by that. If you're so, like, what does that, what does the words mean? I've never, I don't know what that means. What is that? I don't know. I just have a bunch of parts in my filter. So a mechanical filter is essentially the filter floss or the pads that are in your filter, right? So this is going to be gen- general for basically any filter you have out there. Basically every single one. If you don't care if you got a hang on back, internal, external, uh, canister, whatever it is, it's going to have some level of this. At least they should. And some don't, and we'll talk about that. So every filter you have should at least, at a bare minimum, have a some sort of mechanical filter, which is a a pad, a filter floss of some kind that removes all the stuff in the water you can see. It's mechanical because it's physically removing things out of the water that are physically visible to your eye for the most part, right? Maybe it's super small particles, food finds, maybe there's some stirrup of some stuff, some detritus on the bottom, whatever that is, right? It's catching it in your filter. It's hopefully rated small enough it's catching it, right? Some even have multiple stage you know, mechanical sponges or how you want to call them, uh, filter floss media pads in there, right? So your, your filter should definitely have that. Your next one that it should always have is a biological filter. You're like, what is a biological filter? Well, first off, one, your tank is already creating a biological filter at once in the gravel and substrate and all the stuff it sticks to, so that's a good place. But in a lot of times, filters will have these little mesh bags with some type of media and then media looks like a bunch of different things to a bunch of different people it could be these little ceramic rings it could be these little plastic balls which a bunch of look like little like meteor things looking in there it could be some lava rock whatever it looks like you should have a bag of that in your filter wherever whatever kind of filter you have in there something something that your bacteria can grow on because what's happening is when your fish go to the bathroom your fish essentially produce ammonia And this bacteria essentially removes the ammonia through a cycle called the nitrogen cycle. And I don't want to talk too much in depth about this. I'm trying to make it pretty straightforward. But essentially, the more surface area your filter has with these little bio beads, media, whatever it is in your filter, the more of them you have in there, the more water's getting pushed over it, the more likely it's removing these things, right? Constantly, as much as your filter can turn it over. And another thing to mention on, you know, why this is important is the type of filter you're using. 
So before we, we're not, we'll leave sponge filters out of this for a moment, but if you're using anything else, internals, hang on backs, canisters, you want the flow to your aquarium, right? Which means water passing through your filter, going, returning back to your fish tank. A, ra a rate of return back to your tank, in my opinion, should be at the minimum at a four times rate, right? So if you have a 50 gallon aquarium, your tank should be able to turn over your tank four times in an hour is how I picture that, right? Four times an hour is a good rate. So just to recap, essentials for your filtration in your aquarium. You need a mechanical filter that removes all the stuff you can see, a biological filter and that goes in the back of your filter and your canister. These little, I'll, I'll put some links in the show notes or, or descriptions on some different options you can use for those things. They have them all over Amazon. Just type in filter media bags. Uh, Marineland sells them, which is weird. They don't put them in their filters, but they sell them separately. Um, a few other little brands on Amazon and eBay make them. It, it's not, they're not very expensive. They're pretty small. They just come in these little mesh bags. And you can put them right in your filters, right? Obviously not your sponge, and that's different. We'll talk about sponge filters separately. But for basically every the filter on the market, you should have those two things. And then, in my opinion, your third type of filtration I think it's required I don't think it's required but I think it makes your life easier and to me if it makes my life easier it's it's freaking required and that's a chemical filter and a chemical filter essentially is something that's going to help remove some extra wastes and contaminants in your tank chemically so this is the stuff that has carbon in it zeolite you know there's all a bunch of different companies that make them these are the things that actually come in your filter cartridges right so it's great so you're like, oh, great filter cartridges. Well, hold on. We're going to talk about filter cartridges next and why. And I think they're kind of a waste waste of money and, and expensive over time, especially if you're running multiple tanks. So let's talk about so, – so real quick, carbon, you don't have to use the filter cartridges, carbon that's in there. One, it's not a ton. And two, you can make your own. You can buy your own carbon in separate little containers and use mesh bags and fill it up with and get 10 times the result with it. So – that's just some ideas. And there's a couple different options, right? Carbon on the market's good. Zeolites and zeocarbs I've seen from Fluval is a good product. Uh, it's also going to help with those decontaminants out of your tank. And then one thing I've been running in my filters a lot lately, and it's mostly for clarity, is Purigen from Seacam. These little synthetic resin pouches. I buy the pouches. You can buy it and make your own pouches, but I buy the 100 mil milliliter packages essentially you put them in uh, they're rated for i think 50 gallons and i put them in my hang on bags and it just helps keep the tank a little clearer especially when you're running heavier denser aquariums like i'm typically running so i try to put them in there to help keep the water clean help keep the water you know ammonia nitrite free you don't want any buildup of any you know bad ammonia in your tank so this is just one more extra step to help with that sort of organic load if that makes sense so you're kind of like, well, Dan, what kind of, you know, this is the filter I got. Is this a good filter? Is this a bad filter? Well, that's when you need to step in and, and look at what we've been talking about. Most, a lot of the very common and the cheaper hang-on backs that I've seen on the market today typically only carry the cartridge that come in there. They have this huge filter where you put the cartridge in and the, car the cartridge has your filter floss, right? And it has your chemical filtration. Because it has carbon in a filter. Well, so think about this for a second. Your tank is given completely cycled. You have your cartridge in there. And then 
two months later, like, well, I'm going to get rid of this cartridge. If you throw away your cartridge, which because you have no bio filter in there, and you throw it away, and your tank is heavily, let's say, heavily stocked, you can have some swings of ammonia and pH in your tank, right? Depending on how heavy it's stocked, right? All of this is depending on how heavy of stocking of a tank you have. But my point being is you're removing filtration now that was required, and now you're taking it out and putting something new in there where it has to build back up. One, I think it's – how do I put this? I don't think it's required to use those little filter cartridges. If you want to put them as an additional filter on there, I think it's fine. I think it's great to have carbon in there. That's part of my process. But to me, I would always want to add – You there's a few ways to modify those types of filters. So if you have one of the cheaper filters that basically just have the little cartridge inserts, you do a couple things to make them work more efficiently. And one is you can put little pre-filters on the intake of your hang-on back. So you put these little sponge-like things on the end of where it sucks stuff up, and it basically helps get a lot of it out right there, right, on the intake side. Second off, you can buy those little filter media packs with the ceramic rings and put them in your filter as well. What I try to do is wherever the water's coming in out on your filter, I try to put a piece of that filter floss underneath it before it reaches my biofilter. And the main reason is over time, what's going to happen is your, if you put just your biomedia pack on the bottom and that's where all your water's coming in at, right? And it's, there's no filter ahead of time. What's going to happen is gunk's going to build up on that thing. And it's not that the gunk's bad or anything, but what's happened is it's basically making things a lot less rigid and more smooth on those little ceramic rings or balls and stuff. And basically it's taking away surface area for that bacteria to grow. So I try to put a little piece of filter floss on the bottom and then I put my ceramic ring. So it's got a little bit of barrier and then I'm just getting, you know, the clear stuff that my bacteria can build on it and kind of go from there. Right. So that's how you deal with sort of the, the, um, you know, filters that don't have all the components all the so let's talk about sponge filters and, and where they kind of fit in the, you know, the mesh of all these things. So sponge filters, I think, are great for tanks, especially if you plan on running a lot of different fish tanks. If you're going to set up multiple tanks and make racks of fish tanks, I don't know if I would ever want to if I would ever want to run hang on backs for everything. They're going to get very costly, very a lot of electric, a lot of different things. To me, running sponge filters with an aquarium pump. Depending on your purpose would be just fine for a lot of your smaller tanks, you know, 20s, kind of 20s and under. If you're going to run, start running 40 breeders, I guess it'd be okay. I just want to run two. So two big filters. Because one thing you got to remember with a, with a sponge filter, you have your two main components, right? You're using air, air from your sponge filter, right, to both be the mechanical and the biofilter, right? And it's never going to go bad. I mean, well... I, I hopefully not go bad. I've actually had a few recently. I bought. I gotta find the brand so I can let it run now. We bought the filter. It was the. It was a very fine mesh, fine mesh uh, sponge filter, and it broke down in like a year. Like a year, I had to replace the whole thing. Like, well, that's really not that helpful if I have to replace them so often. The goal of sponge filters is to make this quick, easy, cost-effective, and you know, not make them break down as quickly. So I don't know that's you use it a lot. I don't know. I'll have to figure that out and find it. But essentially. The only thing you should ever have to do to clean your sponge filters is to take it out of the tank. And we can talk about killing bacteria, exposed to air and all that stuff, and it kills off everything. If you want to do it, just take it, 
out of the tank with a little bit of your tank water and squeeze it out and get all the trash and crap out of it, typically underwater and just squeeze them out until it essentially runs pretty clear. And then put it back in your tank. Just expect when you hook it back up that you're gonna have a little bit of the leftover somewhere because you're probably not gonna be able to get all of it, right? So using the sponge filter in that manner, I think is good. I like sponge filters a lot for, for basically 20s and under. I don't have them in, I don't have 40 tanks, 40, 40 gallon tanks here, 40 breeders or anything like that. I run mostly 20, 22s and under. So 22s and 10s are the main tank we run, I run here, except I have like, you know, my personal 55 in the back I'm running a title on right now. So it's a little bit different, but for all the multiple tanks and stuff that we run, it's mostly sponge filter anyway, because it's, it's very cost effective. Right. So for a sponge filter, just get the bigger ones, you know, the bigger, the better, I think, in your tank. Obviously, they're not going to look as look as great. You know, if you want something more aesthetically pleasing, aesthetically pleasing, maybe go with those hang on the backs or a little internal or something. Right. It all depends on the size of your tank, what you're going for. To me, if you're going to have anything from like a five to like a 20, you could do sponges. You could do hang on backs. You could do internal filters. I think those are all fine. Right, you start moving up 20 plus, you know, past 20. It's multiple sponges. It could be a bigger hang on back. I've never seen a ton of internals that I felt were going to be very good for anything over a 20. So I go for hang on backs for a thing big, bigger than that. And once you start moving in the 50s and up, I think that's when you're going to start working and looking into doing canisters, a lot of people, or you know, double hang on backs. It's just going to be a preference at that point. As long as you have the key points down i've mentioned about what you need in a filter to make it work properly for your aquarium i think it's just a preference for what you what you want to do i have a preference like everyone else does for the filters filtration that i like to use for just like my home aquariums like 50s and stuff like that even 20s i don't run sponges for those i'll put hang on backs and i like uh, my two favorite right now are the aqua clears and the titles and titles are kind of like one of the bigger name ones out there. They have a lot of a lot of components that make it probably one of the uh, how do I say this? Like this is like the Ferrari model of filtration. I think on the market today they have they have their hang on backs come with such a big bay, which is like the holding space for the filtration in the back. And then you can you can they have stuff you can add to it, and reconfigure it how you want it. You can add more pads, you can add more chemical filter. You've got a lot of different options. They've got surface skimmers on them, uh, and it's a self-priming um, filter. And uh, so, check out the titles. That's a really good line of aquarium hang-on backs. Aquaclears are my next favorite because they basically work in a similar fashion. Now, the one thing I would say the biggest difference I've noticed between the aquaclears and the titles, if you live in a state like I do where power sometimes can be iffy because of lightning storms and different things like that, the aquaclear isn't self-priming. So if it has an issue, it's going to kick back on once the power kicks back on, and it's going to burn that dang pump up. And it's happened to me. It's only happened to me once. It burned up mine. I had a 75 uh, just trophies tank. I was running a bunch of Du Bois IMS was in there, and uh, it burned up. Um, yeah, really, relatively quickly, and uh, it was because the power kicked back on. It didn't catch prime because you know, it doesn't, and uh, yeah, just kind of ruined that filter. So, just something to be considered, you know, to consider as far as some hang on back options. If you want to run some of the other ones, 
you know, the other big brands being Marine Land, being Aquion, uh, Topfin has some out there now. It, they all are going to need some level of modification because, you know, those are the ones that just have those chemical filtration pads in there, those cartridges. And I'm not saying they won't work. I'm just saying you're just going to keep replacing cartridges over and over and over again. And you're spending a cartridge a month, two cartridges a month. Oh, it's not clean enough. Let me add more cartridges. You're back to like $15 a month in cartridges. Stop that. So go build your own internal filter, make it better. So you don't have to spend all that money on those cartridges. And, and just do a little due diligence on your part. Make sure you got that filter pad in there, right? Filter floss. Get some stuff that's made for aquarium. Don't go out and start cutting sponge material out of couches and stuff and all that. You know, that, that could have some sort of chemical for, like, flame retardant stuff on there and kill everything. So don't do that. I've done that. So don't do that. <laughs> you don't want that to be the issue. So canisters and, and most of the you know when you start talking about canister filters they're all going to come with everything we talked about already i don't even think i need to talk about them as far as do they have the required yeah they're all going to have some sort of media some sort of filter pads uh, they're all going to work similarly it's all going to be based on flow rate how big they are how much surface area they're going to cover i'd say most of the time they're fine so not really concerned with them i'm more concerned with if you're going to be running hang on backs and sponges you know how do you set those up more appropriately to get the most bang for your buck, right? And like I'll mention every time, if this tank isn't, if this isn't saving you money, saving you time, and saving you stress, then I'm not, you know, this podcast isn't what it's supposed to do. This is what it's geared towards. Newer newer Aquarius getting in the hobby, trying to do something that's a little low stress and not worrying about it so much, where it's not a second job. You don't want a second job. You want this to be easy. So this is one way to make it a little bit better from the start and the get-go. Hopefully helps you out some. So let's talk about some troubleshooting on this because this is where this is where this is you're gonna have some issues. So some things that can throw off your filtration in your tank that could that could cause your fish, your ammonia to spike, regardless of how much good filtration you have, your ammonia to spike, your water to turn ugly colors. You know, all this stuff. So we need to consider, and we're going to talk about all of them. You can you have light intensity, how long are your lights on for? Bio density, you know, bio load, how many fish you have in your aquarium, life in general you have in your sized aquarium. And then one of the last ones, the main ones, is how much food are you feeding? So when any of those three things, and we'll start with light, if you're typically... Everyone has their own light preferences on when they want to run light. I, you know, I like to run mine and mimic like a daytime thing. So I'll have like a, like I'll turn them on when I get up in the morning. I'll turn them out in the evening. Um, a lot of people have them on timers where they're going to run for X amount of hours a day. It, it depends on what you want to do because I see fishing all, all the time. I'm just turning mine off when I leave the building at night. So for me, that's not a big deal. But a lot of people, like in my first podcast when I was talking with Aquafunk, he likes to have his lights on a timer where they're going to turn mostly on when he's home so he can enjoy his plant, which I thought was a pretty cool little tip. So I, I wouldn't run your lights, even in your heavier stock tanks of plants of any kind, like uh, more than eight hours a day. And I think depending on how intense your light is, you might even cut it back to like four to six. I don't think it's required for that much light, right? Um and that's a preference, right? It's all can be modified what you think makes sense for you. If you want to run it more, great. If you start having algae issues and brown stuff growing your tanks and it's growing some algae in your tanks, cut, cut your light back, right? Put a little 
you know, $9 timer on it from Walmart or Amazon or wherever and, and adjust your light accordingly there. Now, bio, uh, bio low, stocking density. And, you know, I don't like referring back to the one inch per gallon rule. I think it's, it's, it works. It's a very general good rule. But we need to start talking about, you know, how many fish are going to this tank. And it's really going to depend mostly on not how much waste they're producing, but how big are those fish, right? How big are they in your aquarium? If you've got, you know, six-inch Africans in a 30-gallon aquarium, that's not, one, that's not good. Two, um, they're going to be producing a lot of waste. And unless you've got some really intense filtration, you're going to have issues, especially if you try if you have any other issues feeding too much right so when you're looking at stocking your tank full of fish just stock it appropriately for what you have researched for you those specific species obviously you're running smaller tetras it's not much of an issue you know as long as you're not putting 15 to 20 right kind of do some research on how many go together if you think they will fit in your clearance you want to use the one inch per gallon roll it's the reason it, a lot of people don't like to go by it is because it depends on, well, one, a lot of people say, oh, it's one inch per gallon. Oh, my fish are only this big. Well, how much, what happens if they get bigger? Essentially, that's going to increase your, your stocking density and your bio load causing some issues. So you don't want your fish to out to get bigger than what the space is that they're confined in. One, it's probably not healthy for the fish to be in a smaller tank than they, than they need to be in, right? They need space to, to live a good life, if that makes sense. So let's give some examples of some ideal stocking densities for tanks that I've had and kept and thought they did well. We used to do tetras. I don't need it. As long as they're not humongous tetras, putting like a group of them in a 20-gallon tank couple little bottom feeders you know maybe a showpiece fish in there too and that was probably like maybe 10 fish probably total i had in that aquarium and that was 10 fish out of 20 i'm pretty sure i was a little bit over the inch per gallon rule a little bit but i didn't have any issues right and i was feeding twice a day once in the morning once when i got home right that's when i was feeding and uh didn't have any real big issues so it's just going to take a little bit of art on your part of saying i got this many fish let's feed them twice a day let's see how things go you know if you see some issues and water getting yellow and things like that okay you got to really adjust your filtration on that and uh, adjust accordingly get a better filter add an extra filter you know don't feed as often turn your lights down a little bit you know all those things can be tweaked to basically fit your specific situation it's all going to be like i don't know a picture like this little wall with dials and turn downs like oh oh you know i got this many fish let's turn down the lights this much oh i'm gonna i make sure i'm only done this down to two times a day oh i'm only doing these fish they're not gonna get but this big so just take all that into consideration when you're picking out a filtration and obviously filtration the bigger the better right the bigger the filter you can get at least make it properly rated for the size of aquarium you got if you can get a little bit bigger, it's just going to make your life easier anyway, right? No, I don't think you should put a canister on a 20-gallon tank. You know, one of the big ones, like the Fubal FX4s or whatever, like nothing like that. But I uh, just make it's probably rated or slightly bigger. And it's just to make your life a little easier for, I'm pretty sure the difference in price between filters can't be more than 10 or $11. So it's all about saving you, right, time, you know, time, 
money, stress. So, yeah. What other issues could you run into with your filter? I think that's all I got for you today. So just to kind of recap the whole episode, you know, you're kind of just tuning in or caught a little bit ending. If you're looking for filters to buy for your aquarium, just make sure they have two main components. They've got a mechanical filter that can filter out all the stuff you can see, a biological filter that can filter all the stuff you can't see, right? And this goes for your hang on backs, internals, canisters, all that stuff. Canisters will all come with it anyway, right? It's mostly a lot of, most of this talk has been a lot about your hang on backs for those mid-sized tank ranges, right? Your, your tens to even fives, I guess, you know, fives to probably 40 breeders and up, right? So make sure you got those two filters minimum. And I always like to put a third filter in there. I make it myself with a chemical filter. That's that carbon uh, filter media bags you can get that help detoxify ammonia, help keep the water more clear. And just when goes wrong and you've maybe overfed the fish tank, which happens a lot with new Aquarius. I know it does. You don't need to feed them that much. Uh, too many lights, too many fish, and it could be causing a real havoc on your fish with all these different swings. So let this uh, kind of help guide your decision. If you've got questions about filters, just reach out on my channel, reach out on our social media, and I'll be glad to answer anything I can about filtration for you. So, yeah, that was a good talk. Hope you guys enjoyed it. If you liked it, I'd really appreciate it if you followed us, subscribe, like, notify, get the notification bell. This will be on our normal podcasting stations too. So I appreciate the talk. And until next time, see ya.